0: Hi, I'm Sean. Hey, I'm Clayton, and we are men who like men who like the movies. We're queer men who love the movies, and after a lot of pressure, I mean a lot of pressure, now we're a podcast. What movie are we talking about this week, Sean, and why did you choose it for us?
1: We are talking about my favorite movie of all time. Um, Been my favorite since I was five years old. We're talking about Aliens from 1986.
0: And this is, is the special edition, right?
1: It is definitely the special edition.
0: Woo, I was like, did I watch the wrong one. I was about to get scared. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> you better watch the special edition. Oh, I the did. The is amazing, but the, yeah, uh, the special edition is perfect.
0: Yeah, I did watch it twice, in fact. Um, <laughs> I will give you my full thoughts later, but generally, I liked it. Um. it better be more than a generally (laughs) (laughs) we'll see we'll see how i felt about it on this latest rewatch um so did this movie have anything cool production wise
1: it did i've got a little bit of history here so
0: awesome Awesome. uh, i love history
1: so aliens originally came into being they were talking about it a little bit after the release of the original Alien, Um, but the studios just never really got, got into it. After a while, after a few years, probably around 1984, James Cameron was approached after David Geiler read his script for The Terminator into possibly making a screenplay for Aliens. Or Alien 2, as it was called at the time, it was able to do only because Arnold Schwarzenegger was being drafted by Dino De Laurentiis. Thank you, contracts for Conan 2. I think the destroyer,
0: yes. Conan, <laughs> um, commonly so referred to I, as Conan,
1: Conan, Conan, Conan. <laughs> so they ended up. Uh, he had time to write the script, and it was about three or four months, I want to say. And in that three or four months, uh, he wrote about 90 pages, which is about half of the script usually. But he was only in Act 2, so he tells you tells you what he was writing. They decided they liked the script so much, they were going to wait for him to finish up with The Terminator. And if The Terminator wasn't a success, spoiler alert, it was. Oh, <laughs> really? Uh, i never heard of it. I know it was this tiny little indie film, and you know it's not like it ever became a franchise or anything. But since it did so well, they decided, "All right, we'll give you the director's chair." So when Cameron wrote the script, he was already basically—he was told that Sigourney Weaver was already on board, so he wrote the entire script around her. Uh, Of course, that was news to Sigourney Weaver, Um, and she was—and because Cameron fought for her and demanded that. She be in the movie. She made a got a million dollars out of it, which at the time was the biggest paycheck of her career, and it was a huge step for her. Um, nice. also she got photos from the movie from the box office, and with how well it did, spoiler alert, um, it she made out yeah, like, like a bandit. Good
0: um, for
1: her. I love that journey yeah. for Sigourney. Oh yeah, especially because she's you know, it's Sigourney but they originally were trying to write her out because of how much she costs. Um so production did take place in England at Pinewood Studios and Acton Lane Power Station which was the set of the alien mess. Um, and the cast was a mix of American and British actors. Um and a little fun fact here, Michael Bean wasn't originally cast in the
0: movie. Um it was James Remar
1: who that would inspired have been.
0: That could have been fun, though. I could see that.
1: Yeah, it kind of works a little bit. Um, I love Michael being in this movie, so I'm glad he's in it. Um, but yeah, yeah, so
0: he is real hot in this. I'm yeah. perfectly happy. For,
1: and he's yeah. the perfect amount of like tough and like giving, like
0: yeah, just it's, the right amount of sweaty. Yeah, husband material. Yeah, you could
1: watch him. Yeah it'd be fun <laughs> um and then so michael bean was brought in literally over a weekend due to james rebar being fired
0: for drug possession i hey, listen it was the 80s
1: <laughs> yeah i know probably everyone had it um just don't get caught apparently yeah, um i have
0: thoughts in. about that later
1: um production was very tense um due to two completely different working styles between the british and the american crews um james cameron is kind of a stickler um in case you've never heard um he can be kind of impossible to work with at times and the british are very much like let's stop and have tea which is actually a story they tell in a lot of the and a lot of the uh, featurettes is they like
0: to stop and have tea. <laughs> well, and I mean, like, it's kind of like you just have to. You have well, to. So, yeah, basically. It's law, just, it's law if you're British, I think. As like, I feel like we're majorly tight casting, but I do feel like it's the law.
1: Well, apparently, they don't keep, like... Or, at the time, they didn't keep, like, a craft table like America does. Um, Oh. So, when you came in, you didn't... I believe they said the workday started at 10 a.m. None of them would come in, like, would have breakfast, and then at 11 o'clock, or 11.15, or something like that, a trolley with this little old lady would come in. And she would have tea, and... Like, different, different pastries, stuff like that. And basically, everyone made a beeline for it, because if you didn't get to it, you didn't get anything before lunch. Or sometimes without lunch, because James Cameron is kind of awful sometimes. But we love him anyway.
0: You know, he puts out good product, so... He puts out great product. <laughs> I was like, Avatar notwithstanding. Um, you know, that is a beautiful movie i think it is absolutely stupid but it is a beautiful film yes
1: blue pocahontas is great um but uh so he did have problems and it was oh there was some firing done um the first director of photography decided to light things the way he wanted and not the way that james cameron wanted and he was Snack or sack, not snacked.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna keep that in. And then he was snacked. <laughs> Whoops. Well, you know, um, if you want to be respected, just walk in there and just fire the first three people you see. Who are you? You're fired. <laughs> I miss Don't Trust the be in Apartment Twenty Three
1: so I much. I I'm wish so... it would have had
0: more. <laughs> I was hoping so badly you would get my reference, and if you didn't, that somebody would. What's your name? You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Adrian
1: Biddle ended up taking over, who is also a big name in DPing now. Um, DPing as a director of photography. Yeah, I um, was like, man,
0: <laughs> just what yeah. you want in your resume. <laughs> I'm, He's a master of DP. I'm a master of DPing.
1: Whoopsies. Um, And then actually, the first AD was also followed after and was snacked,
0: sacked. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) "Was that an accident? Was that on purpose? Do we know? Does it matter?" I don't think so. Um,
1: and then the crew did not respect Cameron. Um, he is a very abrasive person, especially to work with. Um, and he, his, his, he only had two movies out at the time. One of them was Piranha 2, The Spawning. Don't watch Uh, it.
0: I always forget that was the start of his career. Yes, it was. And, oh God, it's not, it's okay. I mean, it's,
1: for a movie called Piranha 2, it's I if I remember right, it's better than Piranha Three Double D. So,
0: <sighs> well, yeah, that's a fair point. I, anything's better than Piranha Three Double D. You know, I just really want good things for Danielle Panabaker, and... <laughs> <laughs> she's doing she's doing all right on the CW. We'll give her that. For um... now, they're cutting costs left and right oh gosh they all
1: are now but she's okay she'll be fine i i have full hopes that she will end up a secondary character in another movie um (laughs) that was slightly rude i love you daniel pennebaker if you ever listen to this
0: you're fantastic and you deserve the world and you should have survived friday the 13th yes so angry about that every single time yeah yeah,
1: well I mean it, it was shocking. It was the only thing that really shocked me out of that whole movie. So I mean it did its job. <laughs> it's True. Just shock and anger. <laughs> yeah, um I but was, yeah.
0: I was not expecting her to die. Like No, she, she had Final was, Girl written all the Yeah. Like Final Girl Danielle Panabaker. I mean it makes sense. And then sense. they bait
1: and switched us with uh what's her name? Oh just wait. <laughs>
0: Her name was Whitney in the movie. I can't remember. Uh, which whatever, just carry on. <laughs> carry on with production. Fuck that. Yes.
1: Um, they did think he was very inexperienced too, because, like I said, Piranha 2 and The Terminator were his only films, and Terminator was not widely released at the point at the time. So he was very much seen as like this little upstart who came in with gail ann Hurd, who was his wife at the time and if you don't know who gail ann heard is she produces the walking dead now she's produced a lot of huge movies a lot of james jim cameron for a while um so she's a huge hollywood producer uh
0: but they were both she produces and... the walking dead
1: uh yeah, give or... her a break she's making I'm more money trying... than we are
0: that's uh, so true. I'm also just trying to picture James Cameron as a little upstart. <laughs> <Not laughs> I like mean, he funny. had a beard at the James time, so
1: he, apparently the British used to call him Grizzly Adams because he had a beard, which it oh. wasn't completely off. Um, But yeah, <laughs> because it wasn't in wide release yet they hadn't seen the terminator and even when they tried to do showings so that way they can get an idea of like his directing style and and like how what what his style of movie is um apparently no one would show up
0: <laughs> so uh-huh. but they finally did what i just what was, was like uh, I, uh, yeah nobody would show up wow
1: yep so nobody came um, they did finally find have a stalemate for him, um, after Cameron kind of talked with the crew and was like, this is why, you know, our schedule is important, and he promised, and he promised to always respect the crew's, uh, working times, and apparently things were much better after that. Um, yeah, um, and then so next up I've got was Alien, that was pretty much it for production. Um... James Cameron basically uh, tucked and rolled out of London as fast as he could um, with the movie and it was released it's wide release was on July 18th 1986 and it was critically put, praised and extremely successful um, mm-hmm. it stayed at the number one in the boxes for uh, five weeks which wow. was pretty good at the thing. time especially because it was a summer movie and it's the year of a.
0: Uh, well, that's the year of Top Gun. So, oh, Top Gun reigns supreme. Yeah, which I back. mean, it
1: came out either right before or right after, but yeah, yeah. So but Top, Top Gun yeah, I, had, I think it's like, before. It
0: was Top Gun was in theaters for forever. Don't you mean Top Gun had wings? Ah, oh, ah. that was. Ah, 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 oh. Ah. I couldn't uh, resist. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's fine. Um, that's fine. Eddie? <laughs> um, oh. And it, it was nominated for
1: seven Academy Awards, um, including one for Best Actress for Sigourney, um, which was is still considered a milestone or a landmark in cinema, um, due to the fact that science fiction films and horror films are not generally recognized by the Academy.
0: No, um, not at all. That's really impressive. I had no idea yeah. that she was nominated.
1: She was, yes. Um, she lost to Marley Matlin. Um, it did win, though, for best special effects editing. It won for uh best uh, visual effects as well. It was also nominated for best art director, best original score, best editing, and best sound. Oh, its and score it is
0: so good. It is, and
1: fun fact for that, um, we're going to pop those in, uh, James Horner only had three weeks to work on it and actually wrote the finale piece um, with at the Power Loader sequence overnight, basically. That is
0: insane.
1: James Cameron and Galen Hurd did not understand the process of music making for movies or scoring a film because they had worked with Um, more synthesizer music on Terminator. And whereas this one was with the London Orchestra. Um, So his six weeks to score the film turned into three weeks. And so Horner and Cameron had a pretty rocky relationship after that. But after Horner's beautiful score for Braveheart, uh, they contacted each other and made the top-selling orchestral soundtrack, movie soundtrack of all time.
0: Do you know what it is? I mean, it would have to be Titanic. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's so so funny because one of my notes actually was, does James Horner ever take a day off? And you're like, "He did this in three weeks. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so he, in one of the featurettes, he's just like, yep, just walked around, kind of did stuff, walked around a little bit more, like kept seeing dailies. Didn't start writing until three weeks before. (laughs) And I mean he got nominated for Academy Academy Award. He said for himself it's about 85% of what he wanted for the movie. He wasn't able to get the last 15%, but I mean to get an academy get nominated for an Academy Award for 85%, you gotta be talented.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, and Aliens is now widely considered one of the best science fiction action movies ever made and one of the greatest sequels ever made Um, and its success has led to two sequels we'll talk about those later two prequels we'll probably talk about those later Um, do we have to
0: talk about one of them
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know how much I I dislike Alien Covenant.
0: Uh, so we won't get into
1: that. I'll talk about that for 20 minutes. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's, yeah, the, that is the production history and uh, some notes in there. Um, yeah, it's also led to a lot more media. It's a really expansive franchise. And yeah. my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> In case oh, you can't tell or anything,
0: like I had no uh, idea. Oh, um, sad, I
1: don't think that. I don't think anybody I know knows.
0: Just um, kidding. I'm do you have anything? Of of do you have anything else left to give us about production or anything before we start breaking down the movie?
1: Nope. Um, it won a bunch of Saturn Awards, which is always fun. Sigourney finally won Best Actress for that one.
0: Well, that you know the Saturn Awards. Those are the big boys. Um, anyway, so I respect the Academy. <laughs> Since this is a special edition with more scenes and cut differently, I'm just going to go through the movie kind of scene by scene, not 100%, but just kind of break down what is in this cut of the movie. And uh, we can just talk about it as we see fit. Um, so, at the beginning, we start the credits, and I had totally forgotten Bill Paxton was in this. And How did forget Bill Paxton is in this? I just, I had forgotten. I hadn't seen this movie since I was probably in college or something. 80% um,
1: of the dialogue is still used in other I, movies, and TV shows, and games. <laughs> but I just... 80%.
0: <laughs> I had forgotten Bill Paxton was in it. I just, Dad, and it made me really happy to know that he was in it. And I also have to say, the alien logo was much more cool than the logo for aliens. Um, mean,
1: oh, the first one is better? Yes.
0: Yes, much better. And I also was very excited did work in this um, because did. I did not remember. I did not remember that he did that work. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the credits are over. And then a spaceship finds Ripley and her cat where we left them at the end of Alien. And at first, it's just going around this room. And I'm like, is the cat okay? Really? No. Jonesy, I need an update. And then they finally showed the kitty and he was safe with her. And I was like, thank God. (laughs) And there is so much glitter. I mean, ice all over this room. But they seem safe. And then we move on to a spaceship town port thingy hospital bay. And uh, she's fine. And we meet Carter Burke. He's this cute company guy. And he brings her cat and tells her that she has been asleep. In hypersleep for fifty-seven years, and I don't know about y'all, but a fifty-seven year nap sounds lit as fuck.
1: That does and sound then, fantastic.
0: yeah, I would kill for a fifty-seven year nap. And she seems kind of pissy about it, but then, but then, oh no, a chest burster starts to come out of poor Sigourney Ripley.
1: Oh, it's a chest burster. I thought it was just bad gas.
0: i mean who knows what she has eaten lately (laughs) but just kidding it was just a dramatic 80s dream sequence but she really was asleep for 57 years though like that happened Chest burst no 57 years sleep yes um we move on to she's about to have an inquest about what happened in the first alien and cute suits guys talking to her, and she's just like, "Dude, tell me about my daughter."
1: Which that is a deleted scene, and that actually, fun fact, really pissed off Sigourney Weaver. She based her entire performance on that scene. So the fact that it was cut out of the theatrical cut hurt her very badly.
0: Wow. Um, we find out about her daughter. She died two years ago at the age of Mm -hmm. 66. And uh, this is in the future, right? Totally in the future. You'd think our health and stuff, we'd have figured shit out. There is no way this woman was 66. That picture they showed us was of a 90-year-old woman. Like, my mother is 59, And if you put my mom next to this lady, you would think they were about 30 years apart. (laughs) Uh, Would you like another fun fact on that? I mean, I kind of need one because I was like, what is wrong with her daughter? What genetic anomaly was happening to her that made her die at the tender age of 66 looking like she's 102?
1: Her daughter, Amanda Ripley McLaren, will have her own dealings with the alien species, the xenomorphs. Um, but the picture is actually of Sigourney Weaver's mother, Elizabeth Inglis. So the vi- picture she's reacting to, that's why it looks so much like her, is because it is her mother.
0: What age was her mother in this photo? Because...
1: Uh, she was born in like 1908 or something like that. So I mean, it's got to be
0: 50, so 60. It That woman lived through a few things. (laughs) She lived through some (laughs) shit. So, Alex, if you play Alien Isolation, Amanda Ripley has been through some shit. Okay, all right, give her a break. (laughs) I am never going to finish that game. I tried for you, and I bought it, and I just really hated it. And it's okay. uh, It's just so frustrating. So then we go into this. So then we go into this Inquisition, where they're drilling her about what happened. Are they drilling her? Are they drilling her hard? I mean, kinda. And all I can think is while she's standing up there they're just like, you did all this bad stuff, blah, 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 by your own admission. I'm just like, how can I handle this hair for two and a half hours? <laughs> 80s hair for women, I just, it physically hurts me. But okay. I do love that this future that they imagined by this room, you know, way in the future Involved incredibly heavy smokers. I like feeling represented.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, honestly, with uh, that form of talk, there's probably me to smoke. Um, yeah, it's so uh, the inquest is there. Another fun fact: if you look behind them, you actually find out that Lambert from the first movie is trans. Oh, is he? Yep. It's a small little hidden detail um, that recently came out, but if you see, um, it says
0: born male. Oh, man. I just died in the background. But that's super cool. I hope Mm -hmm. we're still able to hear that in the recording, because that's super awesome. Back in 1986, having Mm -hmm. a trans character, like even if it is in the background, that's awesome. And then she's like, there's aliens over there. We need to fucking know what's going on. Let's send people down. And they just tell her she's fucking cray-cray. There's no aliens. We know because we're terraforming there. Brilliant. And I fucking love love how tall she is. Stopping that dude in the doorway. Step on me. Ripley. (laughs) (laughs) Like Words I never so, thought I'd hear you say. She is so tall. And then we finally go to LV-426. Or okay.
1: as it's now known, Acheron. Ah,
0: well, Which... we don't get any of that information in that movie, so that's not what <laughs> I had, but sure. If um, you it, call is, that...
1: it is mentioned, or I don't know if it's mentioned, but it is said somewhere I think. Um, And then the colony, the air is
0: called Hadley's Hope. Yes, I wrote down we were at a stormy exterior, Hadley's Hope. And just by seeing that, I was like, you know, they're all doomed. It seems like a bustling station. We hear that someone has found something. And we get a super cool trike shot that had to have been a shining homage. Like it just had to have been. It seems very deliberate.
1: Well, it's, I don't know if it's as, as much a Shining reference. I, um, according to Cameron, at least, he wanted to establish that like families live there, like and this it just, isn't just one child. It's a. But I, I get where you're coming. The Shining reference. The but way it was shot.
0: <laughs> the way it was shot looked just like The Shining. Like it was very specific. Oh, um, gosh, but, every movie's going to have a Shining reference. And I didn't even i didn't even recognize that one. Maybe no, I'm choosing that, too. As soon <laughs> as I saw it, I just instantly was like, nice Shining reference. Um, and then the people that found something, we cut to them. And it's a mom and dad and two kids. And they go off to explore this ship that they found and are like, yeah, we're going to claim this. We're going to get rich. Well, not all and, of them, just the dad and the mom. And they're like, sure, let's leave the kids in the car after bringing them to the potentially dangerous place. I mean, you're not supposed to leave your kids in the car at the grocery store. And they don't even know what's going to happen in there. And they just leave their kids there. Like, you couldn't uh, have left them at home with a babysitter?
1: Uh, the novelization explains it a little bit better, considering they begged to come with. And their parents said yes, because they thought they were just driving around.
0: But, are we talking about the novelization or what is presented on screen? That is true.
1: But, then again, depending on how long they were going to be out, would you leave your kids by themselves back at home without anybody? Like, even if you do know everyone in Colony?
0: I still would rather them be at the Colony than just stuck out here in the middle of nowhere, especially if something bad happened. Like, you don't know no, what you're walking true. into. Anyway, uh, I just think... There are people who disapprove it in,
1: in the book as well. But I digress. I just, <laughs> I just...
0: I just think they're bad parents. And finally, after the daughter, whom we do not know yet, is like, man, they've been gone a long time. They show back up. And the mom is dragging the dad. And he's got a face hugger on his face. And this little girl screams and screams and screams, and it's like, dude, it's just a face hugger, you don't need to kill my eardrums. <laughs> but I will say, this whole set in Environed is so gorgeous.
1: What's There's an environment? Envir-
0: environ, like an envir-on, oh, envir-on. environment. environment.
1: <laughs> you added a T at the end, it was an environment.
0: No, I didn't mean to add a T at the end. It might have just <laughs> had, been my. It's like yeah. environment, but like simplified environment. <laughs> um, I did not mean to have a T in there, but <laughs> if I did, I'm sorry. Maybe I just need to work on. Sorry, my grammar police. Talking diction, um. But what I was trying to say English. is, there was an amazing sense of space and location. And I was really wowed by that. I was just like, they came up with something really special. And then we cut back to Ripley smoking a Shining cigarette special. And if you don't know what that is, Wendy smokes a cigarette in The Shining, and it somehow miraculously is entirely ash, that has not fallen off the cigarette. It's amazing. And Ripley gives her a run for her money in this scene. And...
1: PTSD, will <laughs> do that to you. Yeah. Gives you stillness.
0: Call. And also, she has been to a salon. She has a slightly less offensive 80s, too. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, sorry, they just really, they're just bad for everyone. Nobody looked good in the 80s. I don't think it just... It was a, <laughs> technically it
1: was that mo- was 70th hair because that was
0: 1979 oh and
1: then this Either one way, was
0: it, was just, <laughs> it was just a rough time for hair let's just put it that way <laughs> and they're like oh by the way we've lost contact with the, our terraformers that she was like um it's all dangerous and they were like no you're crazy it's fine they've been there for 20 years And now, they want her help. Fucking typical. And I was just like, tell them to fuck themselves, girl. And she's like, no, I'm not going to go. And he's still just like, but we need you to go. And I'm just like, dude, no is a full sentence. And then we move into another bad dream. But we don't have to see it this time. She just wakes up and... We are spared the sequence, as I said, but her nipples are freaking out like it had to have been a crazy drain. (laughs) (laughs) And then she FaceTimes suit Sexy Man and he's looking pretty good in this You Up FaceTime video call. And in a huge plot twist nobody saw coming, she decides to go. She decides to go help.
1: Yeah, but... It's an important part of her character. Um, Ripley's dealing with PTSD. She's faced a monster that has literally killed all of her friends and has destroyed her life in more ways than she could ever expect. Um, she's traumatized. It's one of the reasons she can hold her finger so still that she can get an ash thing. Um, so the I mean she doesn't want to go back, but she decides to go back because she, and it's twofold in meaning. She's confronting both her past, her her trauma, her hurt, and she's also trying to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else or to see who they can save. Um, it's it's an important step for Ripley. It's informs a lot of her. It informs a lot on the character herself. Someone who's strong enough to be able to look past her own trauma and try and confirm.
0: I get that from a story perspective. I just feel like a person with actual PTSD would never just be like, okay, I'm going to put myself right back in that situation. They're going to be in a corner hugging their knees. But also, what does she have left to lose? So, yeah, Whatever. I mean, she's
1: got nothing. Everyone she's ever known is dead at this point. Or they're so old, they're not going to probably remember who she is. Her her daughter's dead. Like, you have no friends. You have nobody. You are literally alone in the world. The only person she knows is
0: Burke. And,
1: well, I mean, Paul Rees is cool, but he ain't that cool.
0: And she barely knows him. And she has Jonesy. Which, they did let us know she is leaving Jonesy, the kitty, behind to be safe, which made me really happy. I was very stressed out about Jonesy when this movie started after knowing what he went through in the first film. So, I was glad to know that he was going to be safe for this movie.
1: Yeah, I think he actually goes through more because of the people than the alien. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Regardless... They kind of throw that the
0: cat carrier around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that cat. But I mean, stressed. he makes it. Who cares? <laughs> I care. I love cats. I know you're allergic, but they're wonderful. Oh, I like cats, but you know, he he, I, he made it. <laughs> the next thing we see, we are back in space, and we are shown a locker with a very spicy poster, and it swings open to give us some more titties. An ominous and very, very long scene of foreshadowing, establishing shots. And finally, we see our cast. Helpful. And I am all for all natural. Like, seriously, you do you. It's great. It is natural. But, Sigourney, your pubes are escaping out of your underwear in this scene. Like, literally escaping. I know it was the 80s the only... and they have like tucked them in the underwear like they were escaping trying to get her neighbor. Um, I wasn't looking at her crotch. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a bigger TV than you. <laughs> um, And everybody's getting up and doing their thing when they wake up. And all I'm thinking about is what is Bill Paxton's tattoo? This is ridiculous. That giant blue tattoo that like goes around his neck and back. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed it, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I
1: remember it, but I don't remember it at the same time.
0: <laughs> and I also really loved that the guy that's in charge of the Marines wakes up and grabs a cigar. I don't really smoke cigars, but I could totally see myself like waking up from my sleep and I need a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> um i do that after just a little sleep i and could really use a cigarette seriously and so i loved that and thought it was really funny but i see all these other people who fucking just starts exercising like i'm gonna wake up from hypersleep and start Okay, but
1: that is to establish that Jeanette Vasquez is the biggest badass out of all of them.
0: Oh, yeah, she 100%. She absolutely is. She has a bigger dick than any of the men on that. Oh, 150%. Yeah. And she even gets the biggest gun. Um, <laughs> and Technically,
1: she ties with, the, uh, with Drake, the blonde dude.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to judge this film on today's standards because it was in 1986. And as we've already established, you know, they have a trans character talked about in there. Like, that's really awesome. But how do we feel about the joke when he asked her, have you ever been mistaken for a man? And she was like, I don't know of you. Um, how do we feel about that joke? Uh,
1: I mean, I find it funny, uh, mainly because I also find it funny that Jeanette Vasquez, the lady playing Jeanette Vasquez, is not Latina. Um, oh, no, they so... West
0: Side storied her? Yes, they did. <laughs> oh, God. and the um, 80s, that's she's so also. Bad.
1: Yeah, so she's also the mom with the little kids in Titanic. The land of Tyranny Dog.
0: Oh, yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh, yeah, the wow. Irish mom. Yeah, that's her. <laughs>
1: Like <laughs> she looks completely different, so oh. I, I it's it's a little it's a little off, but I mean, is she? I you know, it's the eighties; it is a different time, and I try to take movies for the time period they're in, as opposed to how they are now.
0: I think Which, I wouldn't. Have if you look it, at it, I wouldn't have noticed it as much if it hadn't been immediately followed by a joke about rescuing colonists' daughters from their virginities. 80s they were awesome but yeah
1: but they were very different very
0: different and then they follow that up with you know the android having his preferred name like we prefer to be called what even was it artificial person yeah we prefer to be called an artificial person and he does that's his preferred Yeah, I was like, well, that's very ahead of its time when they, like, even respected his choice of how he wanted to be called. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just like, well, I can't decide if this is progressive or not. Um, But, yeah, all that happened. And then we get to the official briefing. Um, Anything you want to comment about in this scene, Sean?
1: Uh, I mean, not. I don't have really anything to say. I other than like, if I had like three ounces of Ripley's, co- like confidence, it'd be over for everyone.
0: Um, all I really thought in this scene, I just thought there was a nice amount of women soldiers for the time. There were at least two women soldiers that I spotted, not cutting there Ripley. There are three not cutting Ripley
1: hmm there's vasquez there's dietrich and pharaoh pharaoh is the oh, pilot.
0: awesome yeah i was trying to spot in the background and that's really all that happens then is they just run down like what they're gonna try to do while they're there and you know be stupid get themselves killed blah 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 um and then ripley's like i'm gonna make myself useful and be like i can do stuff too i can work this weird forklift machine and... and that's
1: another thing I love about this movie. Um, Ripley deals with a lot of sexism in the alien, mo- alien movies. Um, and the first one, her, I mean, her orders aren't obeyed and the alien is led onto the ship, even though she's clearly in the right and uh, Kane should have been put in quarantine. And this one, she's not believed. She's told she's crazy and has to undergo psychiatric evaluation. and, she deals with all of this you know like all the way up until basically entering the colony they kind of hold her at a different spot and then really i think it really starts to change right at that scene when she uses the power loader the first time and you know when he when she asks i feel like i feel like a fifth wheel can i do anything and he goes can you do anything it's a it's almost a little bit of a sexist question. And she shows that she's just as powerful as the rest of them.
0: I did want to make note of how smooth these puppies move for later um, events. <laughs> wink, that's wink. Because,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's because they're standing on another person in the back. <laughs> There's like and a bodybuilder behind it. it.
0: And then we get a cool arming up sequence where they're just like getting all their weapons and everything. And I just have to say I love a nicely oiled up slash sweaty. I don't know what they were. Needlessly bulgy bicep. Um really appreciated that. And after that (laughs) and then we get Batmos space tank, is that you? It's this really cool car tank thing that it's also kind of armored looks like personnel dealer. carrier. Carrier. <laughs> um, I like. I like Batmobile space tank. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's super cool. We see it, and I had honestly kind of forgotten that there was any sort of queer energy in this, but I think it's all just radiating out of Bill Paxton's character, like. I don't even know how to describe oh. it, but like everything he does, I'm just like okay. Just like even the way, che- <laughs> even the way, like later with the, like the way he's chewing his gum and just like the way he's like peacocking, it's just all very. I don't know. I'm just like I feel it's kind like of a hot man... take
1: considering his girlfriend's name is on his armor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you can have a girlfriend. There is some. That is true. There is.
1: I'm just saying, you are correct. Like, that is a, that He does have a kind of queer energy. It's very, it's almost manic at, the, yeah, at times. Like yes. the kind of,
0: and just kind because of he energy. has the name of his girlfriend tattooed on him, right. I have a couple, you know, just one or two, maybe, if I thought hard enough about <laughs> it, of men that might have also been straight with a tattoo of their girlfriend that <laughs> had not straight relations with me. So it doesn't always mean everything.
1: That is true. You are <laughs> correct. <laughs>
0: um and then somebody drops the phrase, which I have always wondered ever since Buffy, but just nobody's ever really explained it to me. They're like, we're five by five. It's five by five. Like but what's five by five? I know it means like we're good, everything's okay. But like, what is um, five by five? Where did this? I start? actually I mean, believe that I might have. Know.
1: I think that actually uh, originated with this movie. I'm not entirely sure that's an actual military term.
0: Well, I don't think it's an actual like but military think... term, but I'm just like, do you do you think this really originated that line? Like, was this? I do. Right I believe or... so. I mean, a lot
1: of them. I mean, if you think about it, there are a lot of lines in this movie that are still used. We're in the pipe, five by five. Five by five is used a lot. Um, game over, man. Game over. Like, that is a line from this true. movie that is used in everything now. Uh, and five by you know, five, five
0: is really specific. I just, listeners, <laughs> let us know if this was the first instance of five by five and also what exactly does it mean. And also, why am I so thirsty for Bill Blackman in this? Like,
1: (laughs) He's so chaotic. Which is kind of your brand. So chaotic and
0: unstable and sweaty. Yeah, and Um, it's kind of your brand. (laughs) And at this point in the movie, it's close to an hour. And I personally love the pacing. But not much has happened. And when I, think well, of, when I think about Aliens, I'm just like, oh, that's the action one. It's non-stop action. And so then when I did this rewatch, I was kind of surprised that, you know, stuff has happened. The plot has moved forward. It's been building. But as far as thinking of this as a non-stop action movie, as how I remembered it. We're an hour in and there's not really been any action yet. I was shocked. Um, well,
1: and I like to think of it as the alien approach, essentially. Alien, nothing happens for like an hour and a half. Well, no, it's not quite that long, but it's an hour in, like before anything really happens. Same with this movie. Like the entire movie, you're building. And whereas Alien is building towards a gothic horror um, of the, you know, the chest burster and then the subsequent xenomorph on board the station, this one is building towards some kick-ass action. It's kind that of cool. True. <laughs> and it so, I mean, when the action starts, it generally, it, it'll slow
0: down a little bit, but after that, it is unremittingly tense.
1: So, it starts to, it really builds itself.
0: Yes, but I could see certain people being like, oh, this is boring. I personally love a good slow burn and I wouldn't even necessarily consider this a slow burn but the fact that I noticed like wow we're an hour in and you know when I was just taking notes of the plot.
1: And then also keep in mind we are watching the special edition. The theatrical cut does move faster because they were worried about that as well. The the entire sequence of Newt and her family finding the the, uh, finding the ship. That's not in there. None of the stuff at the colony is there. It goes strictly from the it. There's the mention of her daughter isn't in it. Like those are pretty big sequences. I I believe the entire one is like ten minutes. So I mean we're at fifty minutes instead when stuff starts happening, Um, and because of that it kind of speeds the film along. Um, James Cameron describes the special edition as 40 miles of bad road, whereas the original is two hours, and I want to say it's 17 minutes or something like that. This one is two hours and 37. And it does move at a good pace, but it doesn't hit breakneck speeds until the absolute moment that tension is the highest.
0: Nice. I get that. And moving back along on the plot of this... We're on LV-426, and all Back I was around. thinking <laughs> was, fuck all the shooting and the fake rain on these studios and all that gear. It looks miserable. They should get paid extra for those days, and they get inside. And... Actually, one of my favorite shots
1: is right there, um, when Ripley is about to enter the facility and she stops and you just see everything. And one of the best, one of the reasons that Weaver is one of the greatest actresses ever is because she does a lot with her eyes. She doesn't do it so much with her face. She doesn't do it so sometimes, but her eyes will tell you so much of what she's feeling. And you can just see she's remembering and her memories are just awful. And it just,
0: it's one of my favorite shots of the movie. Sorry, go on. (laughs) Um, It is cool. And also, I totally believe right here that Headband, who is apparently not Latino, um, (laughs) has the biggest gun. (laughs) Um, There (laughs) is a very ominous dripping ceiling trope. And lots of talks about barricading. I will try my best to refrain from singing lemons. Is... Um, you're welcome <laughs> to everyone. Um, Jean Valjean. <laughs> meow 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 meow. Um, <laughs> the one person out there that would get that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> then we find out they've been keeping face huggers at this colony. Great idea. And then well,
1: they'll... they weren't keeping them. They were they were taken off of people before they were able to implant the embryo. So they killed the people that had them on them.
0: Well, they
1: weren't destroying
0: the them, study. Then. Yes.
1: Well, I mean, you have to study your photo in order to understand it. It's just like prey. We we watched that a few weeks ago. The one of the reasons that the main character Naru and that is able to survive is she studies her her. her she studies the predator. She understands what it makes it tick, what its weaknesses are.
0: And then That's she, true. I, guess, I guess the people in that situation wouldn't know that that was a horrible idea to keep these. You know, well, they like, know yeah, it's a horrible
1: right? idea, but they're trying to keep it so they can find a way to stop it. True. So if you can find something, that, I mean, they bleed acid. If you can find something that would work to neutralize that acid, you would have even better, you'd be able to have better close quarters combat. It's very suddenly much...
0: they knew how futile it was
1: well, I mean after I mean in this scene we are seeing how futile it is, considering what's happening in the in the in those colony itself.
0: yeah everyone's dead and gone or are they because we see on the little radar something's coming and also. The motion tracker is one of the
1: greatest things I've in any movie that is a good way to build tension with so little. Yes, all it you is. hear is that beep, and you hear the beep, and as it starts to be more, you, you know something's coming. Getting,
0: it's just getting closer and closer. Yep, and yeah, and it, um, they use it in the first one, but I think it's used even better in this one. And no offense to the military, because. I have a lot of military friends, but they start shooting even though they're not supposed to. Shocker! And where
1: are you, where are you at? You skipped a little bit.
0: Um. Well, they saw something was coming, and it was. Oh, the yeah. Little- yeah. Sorry. I got. it. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, I'm wrong. Right. No, you're there. I'm wrong. Are <laughs> you sorry? Thanks. Um, so somebody shoots, even though they weren't supposed to, and they're like, stop that. Shocker.
1: Well, it wasn't that they weren't supposed to,
0: it was that he was smart enough to realize that it wasn't an alien. Might as well have been. Dude, I see a creepy little kid like that, I'm fucking out of there. No maternal instincts activating for me. Um, (laughs) so yeah, they see this creepy little kid, she runs away, and I just would have been like, oh, that's so sad. But Ripley's like, no, we've got to go after her. So she goes after her and uh, finds her little patch she's been hiding out in for however long. And I just had to notice and the things that this girl has in her little pied a It's a nest. For she, life, has, or better word. she has a, a photo of herself. Which I, too, think I should grab a photo of myself in a survival situation because that's normal.
1: And uh, this... I didn't see it as that. I saw it as in, like, this is a hint of when I was happy.
0: I like... just am going to try to build a theory that Newt might be a serial killer. Um... <laughs> I will not take for this new blasphemy. <laughs> uh, um, considering uh... that a little
1: girl survived, like a month and a half by herself here. Yeah, how I did think
0: she? She's, she's a fucking serial killer.
1: Because she can fit in <laughs> tight spaces. She no can coat.
0: fit in tight spaces. Give her a break. Whatever. Um. Now that everybody's settling in, they've got kid responsibility now, and they find out everybody calls her Newt. Which is such a normal nickname. I call him my ex's salamander sometimes. He knows who he is. Um, Newt <laughs> also has a doll's head named Casey. I think she might be a serial killer. Like I said before, she has survived. Like, I just, I think I... It, would, it would make sense. <laughs> so
1: in in the in the novel and the audiobook, she is not just a head. the head falls the rest of the body falls off when she's running away and can only keep the head. So give her a break. her doll broke. It's all she has left of what her parents gave her other than her name. Did oh, you right. go by that. <laughs> Yeah, they call her Newt. Actually, in the audio drama, they call her Newt. They called her Newt when she was being born. It's but like, why? A...
0: why did they call her
1: Newt? What's wrong with? Well, her? it was when uh, like, it I was when it, it was when she was in her stomach. It was like you know, a little Newt. I you
0: remember. know how it's some just...
1: kids will call them like, oh, this is, you know, our little fetus. The fetus. Our we little know who bean. that is.
0: Our little bean. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I did fucking love after Ripley's like, they'll protect us. They're soldiers with new answers and won't make any difference. A perfect. Chef's guess. And then we move on to researching face huggers. And, and basically. So basically, this scene exists for Bishop to be a red herring. I mean, creepy. And Yes.
1: Well, I mean, after the first we, movie, you're supposed to have some... Yeah. A little bit of ambivalence towards the android.
0: Yeah. And then the only other thing that really happens is we find out they found all the people. They found a cluster with their little beepy thing. Yay!
1: Beepies! And... Personal data <laughs> transmitters. <laughs>
0: I hate that you know that.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Every column has had one surgically implanted.
0: <laughs> um, and then we go to the people's location. And I have questions, which, is, which uh, I'm sure you will... Have I will answer them from, all. And I'm also really horrified what the answer is going to be, because I have never understood why this franchise is so gooey. Uh,
1: because the nest is created from like secretions that they make out of the tubes in their backs
0: so they're just going around shooting two is goo out of the tubes in their backs and like yeah basically
1: and it's also how they uh it's also how they like entrap people they use that same goo
0: i know but i just didn't know where it was coming from and just everything's always gooey and i'm like are these aliens yeah it comes out of this?" this It comes out of their dorsal fins. Is this just them like pooping, and it's creating structures? Are they drooling this much? Are they like... No, it comes out of their dorsal their dorsal spine. I, I hate that you know they have a dorsal spine, and I hate that you know that they shoot goo out of it. I just hate all of it. But thank you for answering that question. You're welcome. And so they're searching for the people, and then Ripley's like, "Oh, by the way." what's down there. Shit, we can't shoot because, you know, plot. Well, so, basically they're and right under the heat explosions. <laughs> but really, it's just a plot device, so they can't use their powerful guns, and it will cause explosions and everyone well, will Well,
1: it in. does make sense because aliens do tend to go towards the warmest spot. They stay wherever there's a warm spot, that tends to be where they go. They're very much a heat-seeking kind of animal um, or species. So (laughs) the fact that they're under the hottest (laughs) spot in the atmosphere processor does make sense. But at the time, keep in mind, this is movie two. They haven't really gotten into the lore yet, so this helps inform the lore.
0: Um, uh, (laughs) Somebody makes a comment that what are we supposed to fight them with? Harsh language? And I would like them to know that harsh language can take down anything when wielded properly. Also, again, I was remarking on the production design and the effects are absolutely gorge. I miss practical effects.
1: Yes. 150%. And it's why the 80s are my favorite. Is because everything still feels real. We're 35 years after this. this is, actually, we're up to like 37 now i think or 36 or oh, 36 years after this and or 35 <coughs> 35 uh we're 35 years after this movie came out and it still looks better than half the movies that come out now
0: mm, i wouldn't say uh, better than half but it, it holds up very well i, I would say half i think minus... it was,
1: when there's something there that you can act with it feels tangible like it's not just like oh i'm looking at a pogo stick
0: no. it's It I, just works. Yes, but. yes, I, I, I know how movies work. and It's weird. I feel so sorry for actors today. I'm
1: telling that to the audience, okay? <laughs> not just you. You're not the only one here. Calm yourself uh, down.
0: And another note of, is this movie really progressive or backwards? On the progressive side, all the military people are wearing body cams. In 1986... And I just thought that was interesting, and that's all I'm going to comment on that. But, and then we get to one of my favorite parts. I fucking love the chest booster babies! Um, love them. Stuff starts going to shit. People are attacking. By people, I mean... Not people, t- but By people, I mean xenomorphs. <laughs> but they ha- as demonstrated later in this feel- as in this film they have feelings too um well, by the, by I, the, one of
1: them has feelings the rest of them are just mindless drones basically
0: either way they're getting attacked people are dying people are shooting stuff's getting on fire they took away all the rounds earlier that they couldn't use and of course they get lit on fire and boys are so fucking dumb one of them was just like I'm going to stand here and watch this, like, catch on fire and explode. And so they're, like, trying to drag well, him away. Be a little bit more charitable. One of their own was just taken.
1: so And she accidentally burns another one alive. And when they go to check on their friend, he is very dead. But they get caught in the crossfire of the burning ammo bag. And he so, just stares at it. And you char- see a
0: burning ammo bag, you fucking run. Um, yeah, also smart, but be slightly more charitable. <laughs> whatever, he was dumb. And also, I was really impressed at the headphone technology that they were using in 1986. Because I'm like, there are explosions, there are gunshots. Have you heard a gunshot in real life? That is fucking loud, in an enclosed area. And these people are still being able to just chat over the comms? <laughs> like, what was this? Prototype Bose noise-canceling shit? Like, whatever it was. Probably. I need some of those. And then, guess what happens? Do you know what happens, Sean? Because I know what happens. <laughs> Is rip- that a real rip-
1: question? Yes. <laughs> you really think of it? I don't know what happens next. Yeah, I
0: can play this movie it, in my Ripley head. Ripley comes to the rescue Tokyo drifted in space Tank Mobile before it was even cool.
1: <laughs> yes, and... she does take the APC and enacts a rescue for the ones who are left.
0: And once
1: again, ignoring
0: the you know useless leadership. <laughs> Yes, yes, she does. And uh, they shoot an alien trying to get in the door. People get sprayed with acid. It just she runs over one like she's a future Jessica Beale running over Michael, Michael Myers, running over Leatherface. <laughs> I know my horror movies. We're not recording later. I was fine. about
1: to be like, who did Jessica Beale run over? <laughs> <laughs> I like,
0: Remember? I didn't <laughs> Remember in the alternate universe timeline when Jessica Biel was cast instead of Scout Taylor Compton? Yeah, oh. me either. Yeah, Biel. that's weird. That'd be awful. And anyway, so after no offense, Jessica Biel. Yeah, you were great in Texas Chainsaw. I literally do love that movie and you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so after Ripley rescues everybody in her space bat tank mobile thing, APC. Gives... Oh, whatever
1: it's easier to say than so that it gives... mobile
0: <laughs> it shows kind of what's going on inside the vehicle we get a shot of newt looking like me after hitting a fat blunt she's coughing hit sending a thumbs up combo um <laughs> su- <laughs> suits guy burke is being, for that. <laughs> is being weirdly sexy And then people start pulling rank because she's like, we should do this. And he's like, no, we should do this. And they're like, actually, this is a military mission and um, we're going to go with what Ripley said. And I fucking love when people pull rank like that. And Well,
1: and this this is another big representation of themes that are in the Alien movies is corporate greed. Um carter burke is a uh you know a stooge he's a company stooge and he's a hundred percent a company stooge
0: and also i like i wouldn't kick him out of bed like for one night but yes he is i don't know he
1: just had i watched that show he was in that show with uh helen hunt uh (laughs) mad about you and so I just, I can't imagine it has anything but Helen Hunt's husband.
0: I, I grew up without DB, so I am thankfully left without that. Um, it was a good show. It won a lot of awards. <laughs> it did. Okay. I've, heard, I've heard that about that. And uh, back on the ship, dude's climbing up and gets a handful of goo and doesn't comment, which... I don't think anybody gets a also, handful of goo and just doesn't comment on it. You know what's even better? You know what that guy's name is in the movie? What? Meyer. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, that is kind of perfect. <laughs> yeah, his name is Meyer. And then they're trying to get the ship down to, like, rescue them. And it doesn't work out so well because an alien is already on board and we get our first appearance of the little baby mouth. It only took 84 minutes and yes, I clocked it. And (laughs) (laughs) so it crashes and they're like, god damn it, now we're stuck out here. And here is where I'm going to officially say I fucking hate new sweet precocious children are the worst. I'm sorry, Sean. I know you were one. But I'm glad I didn't know you then. I will give her credit when she's like, "They only, they mostly come at night, mostly." Like that's that's a good line. She and she delivers it well. I will give that to her. And then also
1: fun fact: uh, Carrie Henn. Apparently, that is the quote that all of her friends tell her all of the time. We mostly go out at night, mostly.
0: Oh, that's nice. That or whenever say. they do
1: anything. So she, if it makes you feel better, she will never live that down.
0: And <laughs> then we're back at the base somehow. Um, and everybody's kind of having a meltdown. Like, we're going to die. Well, They're not going to come I mean, rescue the- us. And...
1: The dropship has crashed and and. 17 days after they're declared overdue they can expect a rescue and usually you're and like, declared overdue overdue after like, probably a week or two
0: and they're like we won't even make it 17 hours man um yes and... bill
1: paxton is the voice of the audience in this in a lot of ways he yeah very much an audience it's reactor. So,
0: it's so funny And then Ripley's like, this little girl survived longer than that with no weapons or training. Like, honestly. So why don't you put
1: her in charge?
0: (laughs) It's a pretty solid burn. And then Ripley needs blueprints. I need blueprints. All the blueprints. And Bill Paxton is on it. And by it, I mean cocaine, because I cannot (laughs) figure out anything else in this performance. Not to be smirched, Bill Paxton but it was the 80s and I do
1: not think he is I think he's just naturally exuberant okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they get their defense strategies like set up and these blueprints are very helpful and so they start testing it and set up their little guns and turrets and <laughs> and then Michael Bean cheats on Sarah Which... Connor by giving Ripley a low jack Velcro thing. Oh, just kidding, because he was like, we're not engaged. Or, like, was he kidding? <laughs> well, he
1: gives her, it's a tracking device. He
0: gives her a I know, But it's got well, Velcro. I'm telling, you for the, I'm telling for the audience, okay? Because uh, it will come into play later. It does. It's a low jack Velcro thing, and it's also really weird, because he's, like, being all flirty about it, and I'm just like, dude, you're supposed to be falling in love with Sarah Connor. Come on. And <laughs> different universe
1: he, and about three hundred years after. Okay, calm down.
0: And he's break. like and then he's like, I mean, we're are we engaged now? I mean, just kidding. But like No, he says it doesn't mean we're <laughs> engaged. However he said it, it was just it was awkward.
1: No, and... It was funny. <laughs> It's a sweet little moment. You give it, it to that. It is not.
0: The, it is not the time for flirting. And then uh, Ripley goes. To when else are you to gonna it. flirt? But when, when you are gonna die? Uh, I don't I'll know. They should flirt I die. before that. And they were
1: flirting before that. He's been making fuck eyes at her. The basically the movie.
0: <laughs> I felt like they didn't start doing it until the end, though. That's why it felt so like weird to me. Um. But anyway, but, back to what's happening, um, <laughs> Ripley goes to talk Newt, the serial killer, under bed. Stop
1: saying she's a serial
0: killer. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I have bad dreams. And she's like, does Casey have bad dreams? And she, Ripley's all like, no, Casey doesn't have bad dreams because of like some sweet reason. And little girl new is like no Casey doesn't have bad dreams because she's plastic and I'm like no Casey doesn't have bad dreams because she's a severed head that you carry around <laughs> and <laughs> okay you, <laughs> you
1: your amount of no sympathy for this poor little girl that is for everyone she knows die is kind of rude
0: just saying <laughs> I just so like uh, she had been through a lot. You give her a break. You know how I for, feel about precocious child characters. She's
1: not even precocious. She's just a girl. I don't even think she's that, like she's not like brilliant. She's just a girl. Like she's
0: just a ugh, she's a child. She's not a Mary Sue. She's just a child. There, a, <laughs> Sean, there are reasons I have a cat, and. Yes, I know. You would be able to keep a child alive. <laughs> I, I could barely keep myself alive. Like, oh, Exactly. Anyway, Ripley said, fuck that engagement. She gave that Velcro Lojack wristband right away to creepy kid surrogate daughter she replaced for her own dead old lady daughter real quick. Ugh. And I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was just like, "How long is it going to be before Sean like drives over here I'm... and punches me?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm and trying then... to think of a
1: scene where like you could tell someone's just like getting there, and that's where <laughs> I'm feeling right now. I'm smiling,
0: and it's not really a smile. <laughs> see i was smiling (laughs) and anyway then they have a conversation about like well they need an egg for each of these people we found all these people who's laying the eggs and then we find out shocker suits burke lied and she's all mad at him because he caused all these people to get killed and
1: well, and that's another thing on the greed he sends an entire group he sends an entire colony to their death so he can make a buck and I don't I mean, care he who you are
0: he probably would have made a he, lot of bucks he, he,
1: yeah it's not worth anyone's <laughs> lives I don't care who you no. are I don't care what it's worth it is not worth the lives of
0: anyone but hey he shot his shot does it work out for him you'll find out soon And she's slamming him against the wall, and Burke's all like, slay me again. And then... Step on me, Ripley. uh, Seriously, like, she's just so tall. And then the alarm sound, they're coming in in a tunnel. And we also find out there is a time limit. Because there's this thing that's going to explode in X number of hours, like four or something. The atmospheric processor was damaged, <laughs> and it's doing emergency <laughs> venting.
1: They now have four hours before the atmosphere processor goes thermonuclear mm. to a, the tune of about 40 megatons. Although it doesn't make much sense, because in the sequels, the colony is still technically there, so I don't know what it,
0: But that's what Bishop says. He's single, boys. <laughs> and also, I really wonder what Bishop's salary was to get into that little tunnel device, because even with filming tricks, that looked very, very small and uncomfortable. Dude, Lance and,
1: Hendrickson, you probably, yes. he probably gave him like a dollar and was just like, hey, can you get in that? And he would probably be like, yep,
0: I'm cool. I mean, that's true. Lance Hendrickson was just in the quarry, and I was very thankful for that, but... Yeah, he's fantastic. Accurate. He's a, he's very much a good actor, and he'll do anything for a good part. And all the stuff that they've set up is working. There's aliens exploding everywhere, ammo's going down. There's a lot of beeping, letting you know it's well,
1: critical. Right. Wow, well, you're going like all over the place. Uh, so basically, what they do is they set up an entire headquarters back at the spot at the operation center of the colony. Um, and they reinforce their barricades and use a couple okay. set of sentry guns <laughs> Stop to Stop <saying> train...
0: barricades.
1: <laughs> Stop thinking of it. Um, they set up a couple roadblocks, but slightly more blocky, um, and they end up... And they sent some sentry guns down two different tunnels to try and deter the aliens from coming. Um, which builds a lot of suspense and is, the sentry guns are not in the theatrical version. Uh, they are part the of the The theatrical version
0: doesn't have the sentry guns? The sentry guns no. are like iconic.
1: Yep. Nope. It is not part of the original theatrical cut. They are only put in later. In special and- edition.
0: Finally, the aliens stop trying to get in when they've got like 10 rounds left, which I mean, the aliens don't know, which is fair. And then Ripley and what's his name? Michael Bean Hicks. Hicks are kind of being flirty. And I did not remember this movie being so horny. Maybe it's just like all the sweat and the guns. I don't know. And uh, Ripley takes a nap. With um, Newt, which that's brave. I would not take a nap with that creepy little kid. Oh my God, stop calling
1: her a serial
0: killer. <laughs> She's a creepy child. She might as well be from *Children of the Corn*.
1: She is like adorable. She's like a blonde little cherub. Like she survived a lot, and then she turns. She kind of like turns back into like regular girl. Like, she's... Maybe, like, when you first see her and she, you know, looks like Isabella from Cat, but, like... <laughs> like
0: I, I Honestly, I think I would, like, do more if instead of just scrambling into the wall, she just would have, like, slowly walked out and just been... Memories! Oh, God! <laughs> um, but, yeah, Ripley takes a nap with her and wakes up and there is stranger danger she is locked in her gun is gone those bitches fucked her over she's exactly, trapped this in... one bitch and well in i particular. know but she, but she doesn't know that she it could No she knows bitch. exactly who it is <laughs> it's not like... I feel like she also might not have trusted bishop no 100 no nope,
1: 150% she knows it's Burke she's already confronted him she that's why the minute it, the minute the scene is over, she goes, Burke. It was Burke. She true. knows exactly That's who did it. Also, and who's the only one who didn't come
0: to that, to that,
1: I'll to that ref- scene.
0: I'll rephrase. She's like, that bitch. And also, and, this would be terrifying to be trapped in a room with two facehuggers flying around at you. But you know what? Being a smoker to the rescue, she had her lighter Got the a fire alarm to go off and the sprinkler system to come on. And... Is this a bad
1: time to tell
0: you that, like, that's one of the reasons I always keep a fire, a lighter on me? I've always wondered why you buy lighters. I'm like, <laughs> you do not smoke. Why do you buy lighters? That is a ridiculous expense.
1: A, they're cool. B, you never know when you're going to need a fire. Just saying. <clears throat> I'm just I'm just saying. So, so if, like, th- it's safe for life. She wasn't a smoker. She might be dead, and oh. I won't. Would not stand for that. So, yep, that's why I carry a lighter. And One of the reasons.
0: All I wrote down here was never trust a pretty man in a suit because obviously I am a pretty man in a suit. You, you really? Me. You're wearing a suit right now, but, not this um, moment, but I do. <laughs> and they're all like, "Let's kill him," but they don't. And then all hell breaks loose and if you want to break down this scene for a little while you're probably more equipped to do that than i am because <laughs> there was a lot going on i was um, gonna say
1: so this is well i i was gonna also mention the scene with new and uh ripley and the facehuggers is an incredibly tense scene um which leads into even more tense scenes Um, the lights go out because the aliens have discovered, like they've been alive longer. The and the original alien, the the aliens only alive for like a day. So by the time these ones are a little bit older, they learn more about how we tick too. And so they shot off the lights, and they uh, they have uh, Hudson and Vasquez. Bill Paxton and Jeanette Jeanette (laughs) Goldstein—I almost called it. Um, They have him walking the corridors, and they get huge amounts of signals from the motion trackers. And so they start to when they get back to the room, they seal the door, and the motion trackers keep going, and they're getting closer and closer and closer until they finally realize they're in the room. They're in
0: the ceiling.
1: And there's a
0: from inside the house,
1: and there's this perfect moment where Sigourney Weaver just looks up, and she realizes. And so Michael Bean goes up there, and lo and behold, a scene of a bunch of aliens crawling towards them.
0: It reminded me of that scene in Lord of the Rings when just like the orcs are just swarming out at them. And, except this was just aliens, a swarm of them with acid in their blood and one thing they're good at. And I was just like, oh, fuck this. Shoot yourself. Just go ahead and shoot yourself. It's a better way to die. Um, and also, in this mix of mayhem, guess who checks out and locks them in? That would be Burke. Yeah. Burke
1: who decides that he will be better off on his own. And so he tries locking them in so they would be murdered or killed by the... Murdered, killed, taken by the uh, by the Xenomorphs. Oh, yeah. It he does totally, not he, end well for him.
0: <laughs> he totally let them to die, but he does get the coward comeuppance by angry baby Xenomorph Mouth, and it's wonderful. And then what happens... <laughs> um after that they
1: do take after take They well first we have to say rest in peace because somebody here died Hudson is taken by the Zeta goodbye Hudson Bill Paxson we love you we miss you
0: I know I missed his energy the rest of the movie
1: um but they decide to take Hudson's advice and they follow her so they get into the into the ducks um the air ducts and start to try and find their way to the, to the airfield where Bishop had gone out with a portable terminal to try and get the, the other drop ship um, down on remote. And he, so they're trying to head out to the airfield and now they're following Newt through the, through the docks.
0: And, and what does Newt do?
1: Well, Newt directs them in the right direction. Um, Unfortunately, Vasquez, who's behind, ends up being uh, taken down by one of the aliens. She manages to kill it, but it sprays acid on her leg and kind of takes her down. So Gorman, who's been kind of mostly non-entity by this point, he had a concussion earlier in the movie and is kind of out for a while. Also, he goes back scene to scene and...
0: is like Suspiria level red. There are just like red lights in these tunnels going off for some reason. Well, they are like, emergency lights. But I'm like, why are there shut the power. emergency lights in the vents? But anyway, well,
1: carry I, on. I, I took it as they're just, wouldn't you want emergency lights if you were working in a vent?
0: and it, all the lights went off, I would want emergency lights there. That is fair, Just saying. I also would have one on my headlight, because I don't trust things. Right, but if your headlight runs out of battery, I'd rather have the lights.
1: But um, Gorman goes back to try and rescue her, and they get cornered between two different sets of Xenomorphs, and they decide to hug a grenade. It does not end well. The grenade wins that hug.
0: I mean, it works out very well. Yes, to take I mean, them down. Take them down. Do their, it, do their stuff. it took out some aliens. They died quickly.
1: But it also takes down Newt, who falls down. They are currently trying to climb up. Like, I, I don't know what it's supposed to be. I think it's just an extra doctor, uh, like a basic doc wheel thing I don't know don't ask me I'm not an engineer um, and she falls down it and ends up sliding down the duct and Ripley does not stand for that and they go to find her
0: I know like we were in such a hurry and everything but oh Newt fell and let's go after her again <laughs> he's like a monster
1: you wouldn't I, go after the little girl
0: <laughs> I will say when they find her and she's standing down in the water and they're like trying to get her out I think this is the best shot in the entire franchise that... Of a Xenomorph? The Xenomorph rising out of the water behind her, like, just that...
1: Tail first.
0: Yes. Like, the frame before it moves I think is just the best shot in all of the Alien movies. And also, obviously, I've been giving Newt a lot of shit. I don't hate children, but... I do love, like, (laughs) children in danger things, but, like... It's usually so cheap. I never, even on my first time watching this movie, thought Newt was actually in danger for a second. And now we've got Let's Rescue Newt on a timer. We have 26 minutes to save this Full stop, full stop. What did I skip?
1: These 26 minutes are the most unremittingly tense and perfect minutes of film. From the scene, well, and honestly, so uh, Newt is taken, unfortunately, by the aliens, and Hicks is taken out of commission by shooting an alien, which unfortunately bleeds its acid on him and takes him out of the game. Um, both Ripley and Hicks manage to escape to the airfield and meet up with Bishop, Who and then Ripley asks him how much time is left, and they have 26 minutes, and they, she says, we're not leaving. So after a very intense arming scene where she tapes together both a pulse rifle and a flamethrower, um, attaches the tracking device, which comes into play again. She attached it on newt so she has a way to find her and then takes some um, uh, grenades and marking flares and lands back at, the, back at the atmosphere processor to go rescue her, which Works out very well for her because most of the aliens would still be at the main facility, so it gives her time to go and find them.
0: Oh, there were still aliens though, and she does. Why well, you never going to leave? She does. You're never going to leave Newt. it completely, Ben. But... Well, true, go ahead. but so she does find Newt, and she's all trapped up in the goo in a in stew. <laughs> <laughs> um, and new is such a little bitch like Ripley barely rips into this stuff to get her out like really you needed Ripley master of ripping to get you out of this okay and... bro it
1: was made of fiberglass <laughs> and it tore up Sigourney Weaver's hand so it was hard well, in, every, it looked... in every one of those movies if someone is cocooned they never get out like that one dude from AVP that couldn't get out. So,
0: I mean, you really think a little girl is going to be able to do it? I was just saying, based on, like, she was so freshly in there and uh, with the ease of what it looked like of Ripley tearing her out, like, I feel like this she little squirmy out, like, girl... She pulled off, like, 14 pieces. I feel like this squirmy little girl could have done it, but whatever. And really, <laughs> not, even a, not even a laugh about Ripley, master of ripping...
1: I, uh, I I trust to ignore you uh, it was like my, my, Resident <laughs>
0: Evil, my Resident Evil joke that was just for you
1: oh um, thank you but, so she's yeah.
0: got Newt now and she's like let's get out and she finds the queen and honestly any sort of creature copious amounts of unhatched eggs freak me the fuck out like if it's a spider with a ton of eggs if it's just like even in like Piranha, where you see all the Piranha eggs, like everything, I just I don't like it. It it's gross. The Queen looks really gross with like her egg thingy all pooping them out. It's like watching a turtle give birth. It's horrible. <laughs> it's um, an
1: ovipositor, thank you. Um, and, oh my sack. god, Sean! It's just normal. That's normal clinical you're terms.
0: Make, you're gonna make people think you're a virgin. Um, well, but I the...
1: did take medical sermonology in school, okay?
0: It's an ovipositor. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Did your teacher happen to be the same teacher from Buffy? <laughs> um, but the queen does look super epic scary, though. Like, honestly, icon. And Ripley's like I don't give any fucks and just keeps killing all of her children, spraying all well, eggs with fire. first
1: off, uh, first it to, they show that the queen is intelligent. Um, Ripley, yes, she is. Ripley uses the flamethrower to just dis- demonstrate that her weapon has fire, and then holds it against one of the eggs. And then once she holds it to the egg, uh, the queen has some some. Aliens were rapidly approaching. She has them back off, and it shows that the queen a can control them, and b she can uh, she's also intelligent.
0: And then Ripley's like, you know what? Fuck it, and burns all those fuckers. And the queen pretty much pulls an Ursula from the Little Mermaid and's like, my babies. My poor little poopsies. <sighs> um and then she just chases him up an elevator because aliens know how to use lifts. Intelligence.
1: Um, she's intelligent. I keep telling you. They they establish the fact that she is intelligent. Like she's the queen. She is the mother. She is the brood mother. Like she's and what I love about it is, this is, you know, like these are two very, these are two mothers. One of them is fighting for; they're both fighting for their their brood. One of them for revenge. One of them for survival.
0: That is true, and I also have more thoughts on that. And my final thought. So put a bit in that,
1: <laughs> and.
0: Then they're back on the ship and getting away, they think safely. And what happens?
1: Uh, a what the queen has stowed away on board the ship,
0: as they are wont to do.
1: She quickly takes Bishop out of the mix by doing what is Suppose it's uh, basically like a faux chest burster, but it's really the queen shoving her tail through his chest, and then and it she is, picks him up and rips him in half.
0: It is bad fucking ass, and like the android, like their milky blood, like it just looks so cool. And then the queen is trying to go after a little poor little nude. Because Well,
1: first Ripley tells her to run, so Newt takes goes to where she feels the safest, which is under Under the the floorboards. Under the floor, which is where she's always been. And Ripley once she hides, Ripley runs and hides behind and gets behind a door that she closes, and the queen goes after Newt and she does not play the same games that her children do.
0: Yeah, new just keeps hopping from floorboard to floorboard, and the queen's just like ah. and until she so corners they, her. And then we hear the most iconic and best line of all of cinema, possibly. Well,
1: oh, Send setting up correctly, and then we hear the door open, and then the most iconic shot of all film: the door opens to reveal. Shut up! up shut film, up! Shut up! I don't. I don't give a shit what you think. Quite- oh, but okay. This your <laughs> and your subjective my, opinion. In my subjective opinion, yeah. she the door lifts to reveal that Ripley has commandeered one of the power loaders that she had used earlier in the movie, which makes her as tall, almost as tall as the alien queen. She steps forward, and it zooms in on her face, and she says the most epic line in all of h- movie history. Get, get away, away from, from her,
0: you bitch. You bitch. And also and I, this weird forklift moves like a dream.
1: I and get chills then, up and down my back every time I hear that those I words. know.
0: Just the get away from her, you bitch. It's amazing. You bitch. And also, like, does this alien speak English? But like, who cares? It's iconic. Yeah, I she doesn't it. need to. I she lo- hears a, it.
1: She can hear that vehemence in her voice. Like, get away from her, you
0: bitch. Like, I love it. it is I over. Love a, <laughs> I love a good fighting catchphrase. And so then the alien and Ripley fight. And it's pretty awesome. And I don't know how much you want to say about the fight. I don't really have uh, a comment until they're I'm, in the air die. I love
1: this fight. I think it's... It, it, it's a battle. It's another battle between the mothers. Um, like Ripley would die to save Newt, and the Queen would die to save a single egg. You know, uh, and they're just and they're both fighting for survival and in some cases revenge. It's kind of an ultimate battle between the two between the two species, even too.
0: And anyway, Ripley gets the alien queen knocked into the airlock. But
1: well, she goes to open. She goes to knock her into the airlock. She lifts her up, opens opens the airlock, lifts her up, and goes to throw her in. But sadly, the alien is smart, and she grabs the power loader to pull her down with her.
0: Yes, she pulls a Gandalf before it was a thing. (laughs) And pulls her down and Ripley's like trying to get out and I'm just like, pull the lever, Ripley. Um, because she has to pull a lever to lift the alien <laughs> out and Which I, is, and my, just, only,
1: it is my only a,
0: caveat. I just can't see someone pulling a lever and not think of Emperor's new groove. so
1: Pull the lever, crank. Yeah. I'll I'll give it to it. That is my one. Uh, my one thing with this movie that I don't love is the fact that there just happens to be that magical lever. But I give it to the rest of the movie for
0: being perfect. I can let this one go. On the bright side, and unlike the Emperor's New group, it is the correct lever. And then Newt calls her mommy, and I was like, "Well, first the not. alien
1: falls off after holding on to Ripley's leg." And luckily, her Reeboks are not tied on her, and yes. they slip off, and the alien queen is sent screaming into space, or starling, or
0: space. No one can hear you scream. Exactly.
1: And Ripley calls <coughs> back up, closes the pod bay doors, Hal, and then she goes to Newt
0: and who calls her mommy. And I was just like, ugh, she's not your fucking mommy. Um, And (laughs) then, (laughs) the next thing we see, pretty much, Ripley is back in those panties, and they're getting their hyper-sleep thing, and that's the movie. And you go first. (laughs) No, you go first. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so I guess I never really, like, even... Got into my relationship with this movie. I probably saw it first about thirteen years ago or something. Um, and when I was just going through franchises I hadn't seen, making up for my Amish childhood, not really. I wasn't Amish, but you know. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I liked the franchise and series, and I really liked this one. And it's been it was something I watched multiple. You know, maybe not every year, but I've seen it a few times. And always really liked it. And even the lesser sequels, I really liked them. And this was the one and just in my head I was like, oh yeah, that's the action one that's like better than the first one. And upon this rewatch, I actually was more thinking, Okay, I think Alien is the five star perfect film. And this one, I ended up personally rating it four stars just because I don't know, maybe watching it in a a more critical way than just like, I'm just going to sit down and just turn this on. Made me just more critical of just like little nitpicks in the story. But otherwise I probably would have ended up giving it like a four and a half, but I ended up giving it a four um, on my letterbox. But I still think it's a great movie. It's fantastically paced. The effects and everything hold up a hundred percent. I like. I was watching this on my four K TV, and like I wasn't even watching it in four K, and I was like, "This holds up." Um, other than the hair, but it could have just been a period film. Um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. I think it's great. It holds up. It doesn't have anything too terribly offensive that you can't just be like, "It was the 80s It's got fun characters. It's got great action scenes. James Cameron, his career is just insane. The amount of like the different the people that worked on this movie is insane. Like Stan Winston, James Cameron, Sigourney, um, James Horner. Like it's just unbelievable. It is and, a stacked. Stack them out. And just if you look at all their careers, like it is crazy. And this holds its head high among all of those. And it's just really good. Is it my favorite movie of all time? No, because Alien, not just like the Alien franchise, but Alien movies aren't necessarily for me. But I do really enjoy these because I do think they're somewhat akin to slashers. Maybe not categorized as slashers or anything, but they aren't just a typical alien invasion movie type of story. Um... But yeah, I like it. Uh, well,
1: okay. Um, you are you okay? Are we still friends? <laughs> Maybe a little. Uh, no. I, 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 I think you're being overly critical. To be honest with you, considering this as um, uh, almost every critical critic loves this movie. Um, considering it's letterbox, which we'll get to later. Um, but I'll just go with mine. Um, I think this is a perfect film. I think this is a perfect amalgamation of almost every genre you can think of. Like, it's horror, it's action, it's sci fi, it's comedy, it's drama, it's a monster movie, and it does, it's not just aspects all all of them but it's also a linchpin of all of them except for maybe comedy there's probably funnier films yeah I was like where was
0: their comedy like I
1: mean well I mean Bill Paxton is funny you know stuff like that
0: but there is comedic aliens I will say while I was kind of shitting on it and was more critical in my thing I do really like it and uh, rate it highly it's one of the best films ever made but yeah, it's just one of those things that it's just not especially for me. Um, I respect your opinion, given that it's a wrong opinion, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's there's so this movie is just so good. It there's literally not. Do I find a couple of things here and there? Yes, but it is a masterclass intention and world building. And even like the characters, like it, it, you don't even have to know the Marines names. Most of them I know by sight. And it's not just because I've seen it before. Like they at least have something about them that you've seen, you know, like it's, there's the entire finale of this film, basically culminating from the, the, the attack on the control room like it is literally non-stop suspense and it's just it's a heart pounding thrill ride like there's no there's no other way to call it anything but um and i every time ripley is getting ready in the in in the uh the drop ship, and she's, like, taping the gun together, my heart starts to race every time, even more. I've seen this movie a thousand times, and I still am just, like, pulse-pounding. And... But for me, the most important... One of the most important things is Ripley. I think, like, A, she is the first major action sci-fi horror heroine. Like... We had final girls, but Ripley is different. She's a heroine in this. She is a woman who looks in the face of not only just her trauma, but in the face of sexism. And she looks into basically the void of space. She sees she sees the alien who is a representative, and I'm going to get all... I'm going to get all educationally in here, but she's representative of the Archaic Mother. Like, a yawning chasm of birth that breeds nightmares. And she looks past her own nightmare to not only save herself, but to save Newt. And she's just, she's strong. She's confident. She's smart. She's basically everything I've ever wanted to be. Just maybe not the haircut.
0: Oh, God, please, not the haircut. (laughs)
1: Um, But yeah, I just, I think this movie is perfect. I think it's beautifully done. I think it's a technical mastercraft. It's a mastercraft. It's just, there's, I could talk about it for hours and I'll just start saying the same thing. Um, But...
0: don't talk for hours. It, our listeners would never go on to the next episode.
1: That is true. Which I mean, we are at two hours right now, so we should yes. probably start working working our way out.
0: I will edit um, it down to something manageable. I <laughs> wouldn't have asked you at this point if you knew what the budget was, but you do. But I the budget for this was eighteen and a half million dollars. But do you know what that is adjusted for inflation today?
1: That I don't know.
0: $50 million budget, so a pretty that's decent... That's
1: less than the marketing for most movies.
0: I know. I mean, for that's most Marvel de- movies. That's just a pretty decent mid-budget movie. A little on the high mid-budget, but you know. And what it made was $10 million on its opening weekend, but again, there was a lot of stuff out right then, so that might have made him a little freaked out, but then it made... 85 million in the US total, and then worldwide total, it made 131 million. Which, if adjusted for tra- inflation, well, and
1: also they don't know exactly how much it made because numbers aren't record for the worldwide weren't recorded as much back then, so it did make right. anywhere between 131 and 185 million more. Right.
0: Yes, but on just like, even again, on the low side, it made at least this much, mm-hmm. which adjusted for inflation, it made $354 million. And do you want to guess its letterbox rating, or do you already know what that is?
1: Well, if it's anything like it's Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes is 98%. <laughs> um, on Letterboxd?
0: Um, on Letterboxd, it's a 4.9, 4.8. It is a 4.1 on Letterboxd. Most people give it 4.1. <laughs> Most give it a 4.4 4 or 5. Um, but remember that theory about the best movies in the world are usually a 3.9 on Letterbox. So that's actually pretty good. And then you've got people like Mitchell that are like, that sucked. Um, again, speaking of Mitchell, my ex we do end up randomly watching shitty movies again like fall. Would you be interested in listening to random little tiny bonus episodes where my ex and I watch shitty movies and then bitch about them? Um, is there anything else you want to leave listen- listeners with before I go over our socials and what we're covering next week?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to... I mentioned a couple things in there. Um, I did read... Um, a couple articles one of them was uh, by Thomas Caldwell um, who does the Cinema Autopsy blog Um, he gave me a couple gave me voice to a couple of the opinions I had Um, and then The Archaic Mother uh, is actually a chapter in Barbara Creed's uh, book The Monstrous Feminine which is a fantastic read for horror movies and it's about um, like the different aspects of um, of like horror and like how women are represented in horror as different archetypes, um, and there's an entire chapter dev- devoted toward alien called "Horror and the Archaic Mother Alien."
0: Ooh, um, nice. That's chapter two. So I'll have to try to read that. Get a hold of that. Um, and if you want to reach us on our socials, which we would absolutely love, um, on Twitter. We are together at Triple M Pod, which is capital T on the triple, three capital M's, and capital P on pod. So, again, Triple M Pod. I am at Just Happy to See You, letter two, letter C, letter U. And Sean is at Smurf. Smurf. 013. smurph 013. and I'll- on Letterbox you can follow me at just happy to see you just like on Twitter. Um, letter two, number two, not letter two. It is late. Number two, letter C, letter U, and you can reach Sean on Letterbox at
1: Murph the Smurf at m u r p h t h e s m u r p h.
0: And we have a Facebook page, Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies. Uh, you can reach us at Instagram. We have an Instagram now at Pod, just like on Twitter, except it is all lowercase. So just triple, three M's, pod. And if you want to send us something long that's personal or just whatever, if you feel like talking to an email account. Um, I said that really weird. Well, account uh if you want to reach us by email if you want to reach us by email it is men who like men who like movies pod at gmail.com and those are all the socials we would love it if you reach out to us we'll get back with you and we add me on facebook
1: i'll totally confirm
0: (laughs) when you get a ton of strange friend requests john i will remind you of this moment Add I me mean, on Facebook. Uh, I'll totally compare it. And And uh, um, what do you think we're watching next week, Sean? Oh, I think I know what we're watching next week. Uh, next week? Why don't you explain it to me? <laughs> next week we are watching Ty West X from earlier this year. Um, which was one of my favorite movies to come out in a very long time. And, and I,
1: I liked it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh yeah but it'll be a super good episode i'm really excited about it and yeah
1: and we definitely want to talk about it before the prequel pearl comes out within a few couple weeks
0: yes which may or not may not be a later episode and ten ten but yeah anyway bye see you next week bye everybody toodles